theorizing that primetime audiences were ready for a new time travel series, NBC and creator Donald Belisario debuted Quantum Leap on March 26, 1989. Starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, the series followed Dr. Sam Beckett for five seasons of time-hopping adventures and vanished. Now, NBC Universal has resurrected the cult series for a new era. Starring Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett, the series once again follows a scientist as he leaps through history, making right what once went wrong. But just what is the show getting right and wrong? That's what we'll explore here on... Oh boy. Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate, and back with me is a co-host we can all see in here. It's Brian Martin. Hello, everybody. How you doing, Nate? Doing well. Here we are, episode three, and one of our theories has immediately crashed and burned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yet another one is picking up steam. Yeah, yeah. Where and when did Dr. Song leap this week, Brian? Oh, October 2nd, 1977, Ben leaped into Danny Youngblood Hill. I hope he's paying royalties to Rob Liefeld out there. (laughs) A middleweight boxer on the eve of his first major fight. Uh, He's coached by his older brother, Daryl the Hammer, who we uh, learn is host to a multitude of ghosts stemming from his time serving in Vietnam. It first appears Ben is there to win this fight, but it eventually becomes clear that he is really there to prevent Daryl's eventual suicide. Meanwhile, in 2022, Team Quantum Leap bonds over Real Housewives (laughs) while uh, Janice Janice Calavici reveals part of her plan. That was a juicy nugget. Yes. We will get to that. I was going to say, we're not going to bury the lead here. So much juice. So (laughs) juicy. But, you know, we've been talking the last couple episodes about this show's need to focus more on the leaps themselves, and we're getting there. I think we're running out of things to do with the 2022 crowd, hence the Real Housewives storyline, which (laughs) I assure you, listeners, if you didn't watch, is an actual plot point from the show. I want the power and the money, and I want them both. We spent a lot more time in 77 this week, and I feel like the show was better for it. What do you think? Yeah, it's actually funny to hear you say that, because last week I was aghast at how you like the uh, 2022 storyline, <laughs> yeah. and I have uh, I have Offended. flip-flopped on that this week. Yes, there's a MacGuffin in this week's episode that was, <laughs> I want to say unexpected, but maybe it shouldn't have been, kind of like Beth, but oh my god, ha. Huh. It's, it's again, it's that Quantum Leap catnip that I was talking about last week. It's, it's almost as though these writers had been listening to me last week where I said, oh, there's absolutely no way that Janice could possibly be evil. This is all just <laughs> some misunderstanding. And yet. <laughs> and yet they led her to not only drug her mother, <laughs> but steal from her dead dad <laughs> while... <laughs> Building what appears to be an imaging chamber in yet another secret evil layer. <laughs> I love that. She's building, Janice is building an imaging chamber. Wild shit, man. 
like that, I was like, all right, now I officially cannot wait to see where this is going. It did kind of turn a corner for me on on that side of the uh, story. It was really just to spite me, I feel like. (laughs) You know? Here right. I am, uh, recorded for all posterity. Ah, that's ridiculous. She can't really be evil, except that she drugged her mother. Drugged her mother? Drugged Beth? Drugged is Beth, and she drops the only, on the floor. She's the only one of the two we have an emotional connection to, as previous fans of the show. I'm like, you can't do Beth dirty, man. Yeah. Come on, like... <laughs> So, like, is she evil? Uh, you know, I, I still I still veer towards your side that, like, no, she can't possibly be that evil. See, this seems to me like something that would be far more difficult to walk back. I was talking about, you know, oh, it's all going to be a misunderstanding. You know, she, for some reason, doesn't want to give up whatever she and Ben were working on. But there's a good reason and this, that and the other. And then this week, she clearly has some kind of evil layer. So when I talk about another theory picking up steam, I, what could this possibly be the genesis of Lothos and the evil leapers? <laughs> oh my God. What if it is? <laughs> is Al's daughter, the builder of Lothos. <laughs> <laughs> I will like eat a shoe on this podcast live. If that is the case. Like, I mean, but, but like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like historically in quantum leap, we haven't had, characters that are innately evil outside of these you know the, the evil leapers from the final even season then, or whatever and even then you got the impression that they were enslaved that they weren't doing this willingly Aaliyah in particular was like somebody who was painted as a victim now zoe zoe her hologram that was an evil bitch <laughs> so <laughs> yeah all offspring of janice calavici that's what i <laughs> I wonder, I want, I gotta wonder, man. Like, it seems like a deep dig to go in that direction, but something is definitely amiss here. This was uh, your theory, Brian. It was. I am jumping on the bandwagon of your theory that you are now walking back. (laughs) Never did I believe it was possible, but uh, now I'm, now I'm really wondering. Yeah, Um, I, I really liked my little theory about following Sam as Ben tried to track him through space time. Immediately, Ian has some techno babble about how the map seems to show that he's gonna leap outside of his own lifetime he's already done that yeah like he did that this week and i was wondering like 77 so he leaps into the year 1977 which predates my birth nate you were alive in 77 right but barely (laughs) (laughs) but but still i'm like how old could ben song yeah how old is he right how old in a guy is he do we know I how old the actor is? Um, I don't. I, I think it's rude to ask, but um, <laughs> I think that that Ben Song's probably in his mid to late thirties. Seventy-seven seemed to me to be clearly outside the bounds because, however old he is, he seems younger than I am. Yeah. So I know he can't be that old. And then the show admits, yeah, nineteen seventy-seven predates his birth. So he's he's going back farther. However far that ends up being, and to what effect, I don't know. Yeah, the only I, time the only time in the original series Sam Beckett leaped outside of his own life was explained in one of those sort of like eh, whatever we want to do time travely things. Uh, right. He leaped into this... a an ancestor in the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, and that was also a season five episode. Right? right. Like pulling out all the stops. Let's see what we can do. I think that was like, God, one of the last episodes of the show, like maybe third to last or, sure. or fourth yeah, to yeah. last. 
Yeah. But that's the only time we saw him significantly leap beyond his own lifespan. So, so I remember Ian bringing it up, but didn't Addison show up in 77 before they really introduced any of that? Correct. And she wasn't at all surprised that it was 77. Makes and, me wonder how much research these guys have done in the original project. Yeah. <laughs> how much of these, how does these schmucks really know about anything that went on? Are we talking about the characters or the uh, creators of the... Oh, well, okay, so I gotta believe the characters, uh, creators rather, know what they're doing. But yeah, nobody seems terribly surprised that this exists outside of Ben Song's lifespan. I didn't really consider the fact that this particular leap was outside of his lifetime. I thought Ian brought it to their attention that, you know, like, hey, he's on a trajectory because they didn't indicate that in this episode at all. And like I said, nobody seems surprised by the date that he had leaped to. So... Yeah, I, I don't remember who mentioned it. Who said, oh, and by the way, it, it was, it was Ian, magic, right? It was okay. Ian. Yeah, I guess it was Ian that, that kind of said, oh, and even now he's he's outside his own lifespan. Is that what but, he said? Um, I thought, oh, OK. Yeah, it, but it did come. It was like seriously act three kind of material. Like it was not up front, like which they should have been surprised to begin with. Unless. So here's a big question that's kind of hanging over this. For me, coming out of especially this week's episode. So we know that Al kind of hung on to the fact that Sam Beckett never came home. Right. That he was upset about it, that that it kind of was something that haunted him for the rest of his his years. Couple of questions. One, did Al and Sam ever see each other again after the original series finale? I'm going to go no. with no. I think no. Right. Yeah. Two. Based on the parameters established in that finale that suggested that Sam was ultimately in control of his leaps, mm -hmm. is Sam, and hence the project, capable of leaping outside of his own lifespan beyond the series finale? Okay, let's assume that he was. How do you feel about that? Well, he could be anywhere. And I think that's why we're kind of moving towards a specific point in the time stream, right? Where is that point? Where does it exist? If it existed outside of Sam's lifespan, it would make sense that they were never able to find it because he was beyond the parameters. Like Al could never find him again, right? Well, yeah, I, I kind of got the sense that he cut off communication with Al. He ghosted Al. Yeah, he kind of ghosted him, I thought. God damn I kind of left with the sense. Sam had made such a change to Al's life that I could not imagine his actually joining Project Quantum Leap with Beth in his life and four daughters. Everything right. seemed to be so different for him that I just kind of assumed that he wasn't there in that capacity and Sam was out doing his thing because he can. And if we're thinking of sort of the, the aspect of altering the timeline, right, which has obviously happened on Quantum Leap multiple times, Mm -hmm. The very first time we meet Al, he's he's like literally pulled over on the side of the road trying to pick up a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. If he was married, if he was married to Beth and he had all these kids, isn't the possibility relatively high that he would have been there on the night Sam chose to leap back and stopped him, right? Is like, that is that what happened? I thought he was just on his way to work and this lady had a flat tire or something. It was very late at night. Yeah. She was dressed like a woman of the, uh, of the night. That's the way people dressed in 1994? That's okay. true. That's 
That was the style at the time. <laughs> oh, man. If only. Yeah. If only. God. Like, the one thing Quantum Leap couldn't predict, the grunge era. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. That's what I've always wondered about. Like, would it have changed Al's trajectory? Would he have been present that night otherwise? I don't know. I don't I, know. Or, Obviously, the answer is no. Yeah. Well, and clearly he stayed on the project. They still met each other. I kind of got the sense that Al would be in a completely different place. And that was kind of the point. But we've seen, we've seen like, uh, like we talked about Honeymoon Express a couple episodes ago and how like the mm -hmm. world realigned around Al. Right. Is Al aware that he was unwed for like 40 years and right. all of a sudden was yeah. married to Beth? We touched know? on like, that very briefly last week, too. Like so he, The implication of the series would be that, yes, Al was suddenly aware like of this massive change in his life. Right, and, but he would maybe, suddenly have daughters that are like 20 years old. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And one of them supposedly held back from joining Project Quantum Leap by... By Beth. By Beth. Interesting twist there, I thought. You know, like, why would Beth do that unless it was just like, this is what it did to your father? Right. I think that was the implication. Right. This became your father's obsession. Don't you wish Dean Stockwell was still alive? Oh, man. God. Now, now more than now, more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, man. Yeah. It seems like maybe Beth was doing the right thing, keeping her away from the project because... She seems very unbalanced. <laughs> seems yeah. seems like an astrophysicist that maybe doesn't need to be around space time. <laughs> She's like, well, I've got these other kids that are normal, but this one, uh, maybe not. Yeah, you know, which I guess is a good percentage rate. We'd have to go to Ziggy to be sure. But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ziggy. Ziggy is a a point of contention this episode. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, she's been infiltrated by Janice. Through her dad's old hand link, oh, man. which I guess is the MacGuffin you were mentioning earlier. Is. That's that's the MacGuffin. Yeah, that's the MacGuffin, man. You you see it sitting there on the table at the end, and and the funny thing is, like you know, they're all sitting around. When I say that Team Quantum Leap does nothing but watch Real Housewives, I really mean. That. I love the bling. I love the jewelry. I love it all. In this episode, like that is the, the main focus of the 2022 storyline is how can we make Addison feel better? Maybe by watching Real Housewives <laughs> with her on a, on like a Wednesday night. And so they all do it. Magic gets a phone call in the middle of Real Housewives, which I'm sure he was initially very thankful for. <laughs> but it becomes this sort of, oh, no, Beth says Janice got into Al's old stuff while she was knocked out, and he had items and artifacts that he maybe should not have held on to, which I mean is true of anybody, you know, like, you know, you see actors who are in movies and they're like, yeah, I kept the Darth Vader suit or like whatever, you know, it's like, of course, Al took home his hand link, but now Janice has his original hand link, which is yeah. a direct connection to Ziggy. It seems strange. Is there any reason to believe that that hand link would still have connection 30 years later? What kind of charge would that shit have <laughs> is what I'm wondering, you know? It's a good lithium battery. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it must have been super advanced. Because Ziggy takes such a front seat to this episode, she's lagging. 
doesn't pick up on the main reason that Ben is in 1977, you know, what he's there to do. Which does lead to some improved dramatic tension oh, yeah. in that plot. This was the first one where I was like, I think you guys got it. Yeah. Uh, this felt top to bottom like Quantum Leap. I connected with the characters. I connected mm-hmm. with the plot. I felt good about it. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like the first two episodes, we kind of harped on this whole, you know, like, well, you know what you have to do on the leap side. You have to get to know these characters. You have to get to. And they did a much better job at it this week. I will say, you know, we had about half a scene with uh, Daryl's wife where she comes in and uh, drops off her... those sandwiches. Yeah, drops off some sandwiches and some exposition on <laughs> exactly <laughs> what their relationship the side is of like. Mayo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, again, this is what I'm talking about. This show is not going to give us the immersive environment that the original did. They're just not going to do it. It's three episodes in. Unless the writers are going to spite me, I I welcome them doing so. But it's going to be an understanding that that protagonist character is going to have to carry the weight of these other characters because we're not going to get to know them the way that we did in the original series where you spend the entire episode in that time period learning act one act two act three act four about those people's lives instead it's going to be told to you it's either going to be compelling or not in this event it it was compelling the wife comes in tells the story we know how their relationship is yeah it was very exposition heavy that that one scene i think that kind of if you had removed the wife I think everything would have resonated a little bit more emotionally. Like, yeah, she's I don't almost, think we need the yeah. wife character in there. Like the best scenes in the episode, as far as the the leap into 77 goes, are the police show up and Ben kind of surrenders himself to go to jail with his brother. Right. And the hyper impassioned, very Sam Beckett-esque speech that he gives to his brother, to Daryl the Hammer, uh, when he's trying to implore him to go seek out psychological help right for the ptsd he's experiencing right what's what's the point of being champ if i can't if i'm not going to be able to share it with you or yes something to that exactly exactly and then he's like doctors can't fix what i got it's like those lines by themselves feel pretty cookie cutter but but raymond lee and the actor who plays daryl in this episode sell the emotion really really well yes um and i was like that to me that was the moment where it kind of clicked and i'm like this moment here is quantum leap to me yes john chafin is the actor i actually made a note of it john chafin is the actor that played daryl he did an excellent job yeah. uh, i feel like he really we really only see one emotion out of him i feel like in in a different style show maybe we'd see other sides of him but we're really only seeing the troubled side up until the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So because even even when at the very beginning, when when they're getting weighed in before the fight and, and the photo flashes are going off and Daryl is like kind of acting like he's already vexed by the flashes going on. He's like, I hate the cameras, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like everything is triggering for him. So he's always kind of in this like downward spiral. Right. But that's the the important emotion that we know this character has to have, right? So right. there's not a lot of time to lean into anything else. You bring, you bring up the weigh-in scene. I feel like the words, oh boy, were right on the tip of Dr. <laughs> Song's tongue. 
as he was standing at the weigh-in. And he looks over and he sees the girlfriend is the champ's girlfriend or what have you. That would have been the moment. Was that right been the moment there, for. right on the tip of his tongue, but it didn't happen. It's a nice twist. It really only sets up one scene. Yeah, um, I, I but- do... I did make a note about that, too. It really is just a red herring for a commercial break. That's really all it is. It yeah. does not have any further implication to the story. What we never see is her legitimately interested in Roy Gord. We never see her actually interested in the other fighter. That one scene, she, we see her over at his table. Yeah. As soon as they get arrested and they need to, they bail the brothers out and then that, that whole thing just kind of drops to the side. Like, that wasn't the real point. The real point over here is the, uh, the PTSD and, you know, uh, dealing with Daryl and his troubles and stuff like that. And we've gotten that a lot. I think the sort of red herrings, well, I, I do think the red herrings in terms of what the leap leaper is there to change have been kind of consistent throughout like both series like quantum leap with sam beckett there were there were situations like that too but i I think two out of the three weeks right now so far of the episodes we've gotten in the reboot things aren't what they seem or there's kind of a delayed response in terms of figuring out why am i really here right yeah that's one of the things i kind of miss and especially in this episode is the interaction that Al always had with Ziggy. Ziggy was the third character, even he though was. she yeah, was never. She was. Yeah. Independent of the few episodes where we actually heard the voice, the connection through the hand link and the communication through Al that, you know, it's an 88% chance of this. There's a 72% chance of that. There's That's... a real flying by the seat of your pants kind of quality to it. I yeah. Think, like and... the fact that he was always smacking the hand link. It was always making those caw-caw noises. Yeah, yeah. Like... I missed them. I really it missed them. so much personality, right? <laughs> right. And, and... That's something I, I made a note of last week that I didn't really mention. That, like, we got a hand link. Right. Addison has a hand link, but there's no personality associated right. well, she, with that hand link. It's just a cell phone. And she was on the verge of smacking it, though. That's true. That's I, true. I saw it. You know, it was, you know, they came up with this interesting plan to win the fight, and things went awry a little bit, and, and they didn't I, have a prediction any longer. And I swear she was about to smack it. But, I uh, loved that. Didn't happen. I, I loved how much effort they put into Addison. At a point in this episode, has access to the video feed from the night of the fight. Mm-hmm. Just every move, every single punch that Danny tried to land. And there's a huge montage in the middle of this episode where she's like, "We got to choreograph this whole fight. We right. got to learn the choreography of the existing fight to win this." And very quickly. Ben gets to a point in the actual boxing match where he exceeds the limit of what Danny did the first time. And now everything's an open book. Right. Oh, I don't know what happens next because we've changed history and there is no record of the fight past this point. And I thought, Ooh, that's really, really cool. And I loved the, uh, I honestly love the training montage. And the fact that she kind of collapses from overworking overworking herself and she yeah. collapses and disappears and he can't do anything for her. It's a good moment. And of course, we learned this week that Dr. Song has a photographic memory. So Sam Beckett, of course, had a photographic memory. And this is the first time anybody's thrown that term around mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to Ben's song. But yeah, I mean, you got to. If you're going to if you're going to mimic a fight like that, you know, is it just a product of the script of what was necessary for the week? 
I mentioned last week, I think, you know, why isn't he the Einstein of his times and like what makes him special? So, so, so far we've learned he knows several languages and has a photographic memory. Has no siblings. No siblings. That's right. <laughs> we, we learned that this week. Yeah, um, I like how that's coming out. Again, it may be a product of the amount of time they have, but it's just like a little nugget each week with Dr. Song. He almost remembered Addison. That so. was a nice moment, too. Yeah, he gets knocked down to the mat and kind of has these flashes of his life in 2022, presumably. Yeah, a little bit. And, and almost remembers, like almost remembers that Addison's there with him, but not quite, right? Right, right. So the photographic memory serves its purpose this week, and uh, their plan almost works perfectly. The champ goes down, hits the mat, but of course he, he gets back up. I've played a lot of punch out. I know the <laughs> feeling when you're like, please let this be it. And somehow he still gets up. It's one of the best cinematic moments too. Rocky, when Apollo knocks him down and he gets back up. And the look on Apollo's face is this mother really getting back up off the mat you've got to be like, kidding me please stop please stop don't do this to yourself yeah here we go again are you kidding me this guy won't go down just a, a great moment in that it's, movie it's always great yeah so i'm kind of glad that this episode was about boxing <laughs> because i feel like it's it's just that sort of like raw elicitation of human emotion like we all know what it's like. It's it's very literally an underdog story where you get knocked down and you have to get back up. Right. Right. I think Ben and, and us uh, by proxy are happy that Addison has obviously taken so many cardio kickboxing classes. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this week we learned that she served in Afghanistan. Yeah. We she's, didn't know that. Previously. Yeah. No, that is correct. She is a former military or I guess current military. It's still a military project, right? It's I mean, a government yeah, project. I, yeah. Yeah. overseen by the uh, Pentagons. It kind of raises some questions what qualifications she had to potentially have been the leaper in the project. Yeah, I wonder if it's more to do with coping with stress. What could possibly prepare you for this sort of thing? Seems like photographic memory is probably one of the most important things. Multiple languages, six multiple doctorates, languages. multiple yeah, <laughs> very, very arts. helpful. Being Neo without plugging into the Matrix is very, very helpful. If all of that holds true and, and she was the one that they were grooming to step into the accelerator, she's got to have some kinds of qualities there that shouldn't she have the doctorates? Shouldn't she have the photographic memory? You know, it seems... I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of putting that together right now. If we know that the Leaper is going to have kind of a Swiss cheese brain, mm -hmm. doesn't it make more sense for the hologram to be the person who's already well-versed in all of those things, giving the directions, like, w without having to go through Ziggy? Because Addison even seems a little bit like a fish out of water, which is probably what leads to her exhaustion episode. Yeah, that's interesting. I kind of feel like all that stuff is there, though. Like, it, yeah, it may be Swiss yeah. cheesed out, but the idea is that it's there. And you can be... He's a concert... Uh, Sam Beckett was also a concert pianist, if I remember <laughs> right. correctly. That's absolutely right. right? Yeah, because there was the episode where he leaped into a blind pianist. Yeah. And uh, and all he could do at first was play chopsticks. Right. So And, and, and then it comes back. Uh, to be fair, I feel like if that kind of stuff was happening in this series, I'd be giving it all kinds of draw. Are you kidding me? He also is a concert oh, pianist. That's 
that's convenient. You know what yeah, I mean? Of like, course, but yeah. some, somehow it was acceptable, and I take it as gospel, and it's the most wonderful thing in the world. Uh, but <laughs> oh shit, he's a concert pianist, right? Exactly. <laughs> like maybe I'm not being fair to this new show. I, in our first episode, I I wondered who was going to be the gatekeeper, and I think it's me. I think we've answered I, I think that. I think it question. is you. Yeah, I think it is you. But I feel like our understanding of what this iteration of Quantum Leap is, is slowly coming into focus. Yes. Right? And it's a little bit different. A couple of things I wanted to, to mention was that we've harped a lot on, well, you've harped a lot on <laughs> <laughs> Team Quantum Leap. And yeah. I completely, I completely agree with where you're coming from in terms of like, this seems like the least interesting part of the show to me. And like the heart and soul of Quantum Leap is the leaps themselves, right? And I think this week we got a step closer to like the show acknowledging that because I feel like we're kind of running out of things to do with those characters, right? The, aside from helping Addison through her her kind of stressful state, which I think was important. I think that was a really kind of cool moment. I always wondered about that. Does Al have to be on like 24-7 if Sam needs him? Well, no, so because I, because if you if you remember uh, in the original series, Sam will be gone for weeks at a time before they pick him up. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Like the leap, and and that's it's why like, they have so much time to watch Real Housewives. It doesn't matter what happens in life; I do it my way. <laughs> like in the midst of a week, uh, or in the midst of a leap, rather. Once they track Sam down, like Al's kind of got to be there. Yeah, like, on and he's, call, right? He says, "Yeah, it's instantaneous for you, but it's been like two or three weeks for me." Right, exactly. You know, so, so so I understand why Addison would be like in the midst of a leap, kind of going through these like emotional issues, yeah, um, and need to be hospitalized. Got the added dramatic tension, written tension of oh, they're in a relationship. We talked about this before, you know, like they've set up a relationship here where it's really weighing on her in a way that, you know, his best buddy. According to this sequel series, it, it really ate him up inside that maybe Sam didn't come home. But, uh, but I do want to I do want to hand it to this series because this is the first episode where we saw Ben's character in any sort of romantic relationship with another woman. And yeah, the show didn't make it all about that. Yes. Right. Like Good the for crux them. of this episode was not all about Addison having this this crisis of conscience about being in love with a man who she's going to have to watch make out with a host of attractive women over the course of this series or attractive men based on the preview for next week's episode but so so i hand it to them for not making it about that i feel right? like it's coming it maybe it's maybe coming it yeah um the other the other thing that was that, that was sort of a little nugget this week was that the Pentagon is aware that something fishy is going on at Project Quantum Leap because of the massive power consumption caused by Ben's leaping. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of that's kind of fun. Right. That's, that's, a, that's a fun little thread to throw out there. But other than that, I don't think anything significant happened with Team Quantum Leap this week, unless I'm forgetting something. And I'm not counting magic and the handling. Yeah, you and I have kind of uh, switched places this week. Because <laughs> uh, I yeah. kind of feel like that, si yeah. that side of the story, I feel, progressed quite a bit. And it might be because Beth ended up on her uh, living room floor. <laughs> I mean, was, shrugged. And I, I don't think any of us expected that. Like, I know that like, wasn't, uh, that's not necessarily Team Quantum Leap, but it is the 2022 storyline. But like I said, my ingenious theory 
that I posited last week crashed and burned with this idea that evidently it's not a matter of tracking Sam leap by leap, but they did kind of move forward with what time period Ben and Janice were supposedly trying to reach. And they they did this weird techno babble about gravitational navigation. Yes. It's completely uh, like gravity I, assisted navigation through time. Through uh, time? Trying, to, trying to build up momentum to leap back farther and farther. Technobabble is the way to describe it. Yes, I, I understand astrophysics on the most minute level. I've read, I've read exactly two Stephen Hawking books. You know what? I've, I've got exposure to Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> so, <laughs> What does he think about this show? Yeah. Oh, man. But Can you imagine? I understand that gravity, mass and gravity have an effect on space-time. But... This cannot in any way mirror the trajectory of Voyager out of the solar system using the gravity of the outer planets to propel it into far out space like that. How is that even remotely related that the idea (laughs) that was a frustrating moment for me because the idea with Sam and and ideally Quantum Leap in general was that there was no rhyme or reason. Right? I mean, he was right. jumping forward, backward. like So much so that the man of science, Sam Beckett, quickly said, maybe it's just Jesus leaping me around. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> like, he just like, well, maybe science is complete bunk, guys. Yeah. The thing that, the thing that I'm, I think is lacking here is when Ian starts to talk about, you know, um, gravity-assisted <laughs> navigation and all of that. I really wish one of the characters, either Magic or Addison, somebody who was obviously very schooled in this sort of quantum mechanics that this show is kind of begging. As they um, all should be to be on that project. Looks at him and says, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, it (laughs) doesn't. I would love that. I would love a moment like that. It did not make sense to me. One of my other favorite properties is Star Trek. You know, Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation in particular. Yeah. Their techno babble is like through the roof. Like literally. I think they coined the term techno babble. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe that's probably accurate. And they had, um, you know, they would have entire script pages. It would just say techno babble. They had and, to run it by Michael and Denise Okuda <laughs> to make sure they had all the techno babble accurate and consistent. It was technology that we'd never understand but seemed to make sense this has things i feel like you can literally point to to say that doesn't make any sense guys we're we're talking about two completely different branches of science right it's like it's like using the creation of an egg as your principle for why leaping is happening the way it is it's like yeah i don't know that doesn't I it agree. doesn't quite gel. Yeah, you know? and he puts the two like he puts the two laptops down or the two tablets, and you, you see how they're they're both making this strange helix design. It's somehow identical yeah. to the travel path of the Voyager satellite. See, I, it's that, like it's like putting two Nintendo Switches side by side and playing Mario. Party. <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> that part didn't gel for me, and uh, but but it is it is the part of that storyline that moved forward which is to say yeah. okay he's ben is somehow leaping outside of his own lifetime i earlier have made the argument that what's great about quantum leap is they don't give a crap 
That's true. You know, yeah, like like so, the, like the rules are whatever the rules are. Right. Exactly. So far be it from me to to be stringent on what the rules are. However, that being said, okay, they've repeatedly pointed out that this is a matter of taking your birth date and the end of your life, tying them up into a loop, balling that up. You can then jump within your own lifetime. They play fast and loose with all of the rules, but that has always been very consistent. Yeah, and I, I, I have to wonder about that. Like, so how Sam does... did it once. So, well, actually, Sam, I mean, okay, so technically Sam did it twice. Fast and loose, man. We're playing fast and loose. Then... A, either I should just not be bothered by this in any regard whatsoever, or it shouldn't be a plot point that's interesting to them, right? Right. I mean, yeah. if it's like he's leaping outside of his own lifetime, well, yes, we have all these records of the uh, prior time traveler having gone to the Civil War, so this isn't surprising to us at all. You know, is it, it or yeah, is it not? Yeah. Maybe we're thinking about it too much. I want to think that we'll have an answer for that. Whatever whatever the end point is for the for the period where they're trying to get. Yeah. That seems to be like the the most important part of all of this that we're not seeing yet. And you still feel so. like that's going to wrap up at the end of the first season? I certainly felt that way. There was one line <laughs> in this episode <laughs> that made me question and that is when uh they they determine that ben has no less than 10 leaps but possibly as many as 20 leaps mm. to get to that point in time where he's trying to reach that sounds like a writer's room trying to hedge their bets on how many episodes <laughs> are going to be ordered this season you know like are we going to get a 13 episode order are we going to get a 20 episode order well we don't know yet I checked um, I, I checked before we jumped on this this evening. Internet Movie Database has updated us to five episodes this season. At, well, we're at going the very week to least, week, baby. We at least have five. <laughs> so I was complaining. So I was complaining in that very first episode that nobody explained string theory. And now that we're here, maybe there's a reason for that. Like, he leaps to 85. Then he leaps back to 98. Then he leaps to 77. Then he leaps back to the mid-80s. Is the next episode after that going to leap into the 60s and then back to the 70s and so on and so forth? Is it going to be like kind of like gradually building out, pulling back and shooting forward and pulling back and shooting forward or backwards, however you want to look at yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be all over the place. If the finale is to be believed, you know, he was just going where he felt like he wanted to go. He never leaped home because he chose to keep going. Yes, that's 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 definitely the what was implied by the end of that that series finale. By the right? text, like was, by the text that was put on the screen. Right, you. right. The text that misspelled his last name. <laughs> <laughs> Just how hastily that was thrown together. Oh, man. But I think it's a really good point because the mission statement of that original series was always leaping through time, putting right what once went wrong. Yes. Something I wanted to bring up last week that I didn't is that, hey, the series has a prologue now. Right? Ah, like good it, for you. That's what I was, I, I have that note uh, for this week as well. And I really, I was like, yes, we got a prologue. What does that prologue not mention that the original prologue did mention? It definitely leads with, we are a team of people trying to bring Ben home. Right. And, and secondarily, it, he's also making things better for people. Right. <laughs> you he, know? It, 
barely addresses the fact that he's putting right what once went wrong. Right. All it is, the the focus of it is we're just trying to get him back. Yes. Right. And even, and Ben says something in this episode that was really revealing to me. He says, I know I'm not Danny and I know I should not care, but this is not easy in relation to everything that he's trying to work on and change in the environment around him. Right. He says, I know I shouldn't care. That is rubbing against what Quantum Leap is. Yeah, almost. It's the antithesis of what the, yeah. Yes. And and I'm fine with it as long as Ben is, and he seems to be, gradually coming to a place where he cares. Like he's starting to develop these sort of emotions. And it would explain why the first episode was so cold. The second episode kind of built on it. And in this episode, we got a super impassioned speech from him where he almost looked like he was going to cry. Yeah. Um, well, that so, actor, uh, Raymond Lee, right? The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ray, he's doing he's doing a superb job. I think he's playing a character that is hard to sell in our current media environment. I feel like our social environment, our media environment is much more cynical now than it was in 1989. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned Highway to Heaven and those sorts of shows. I think a character like Sam Beckett was a way easier sell in 1989. Mm-hmm than he is in this modern world where we expect our heroes to be at the very least borderline anti-heroes. I don't think you could just roll him out of the gate and have people accept him like that. And so I think that part of this journey that Ben Song is on in terms of kind of learning to be this person or like learning to at least show this side of himself is as much to do with the audience as it is with him. So... Yeah, I think I think they're doing a very good job sort of rolling that out and making it feel organic. Yeah. Science fiction, television, things like this, they they have a real opportunity to uh, speak to society and what we're facing in the here and now. And you believe that Ben will treat everyone equally this day and age. I don't want to get into it, honestly, uh, too too deeply. But right, right now, it's a matter of only caring about people that are in your camp. Yes, you yeah, know, we, we live in we live in uh, bubbles. Yes, bubbles uh, and good guys and bad guys, and and the idea that you have one character out there that's helping everyone, regardless of where you come down on any political spectrum or issue. If you're in a tough spot. This guy's there to help you out. And I'm going to paraphrase Jim Gordon. He's the hero we need, but not who we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe those are too lofty a goals to on a network television show, but it's what I expect out of most sci-fi. It's supposed to speak to these types I of think, things. I think sci-fi as a genre has a responsibility to do this sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like, if it's not doing this, then what true purpose does it serve? I don't right. think sci-fi was birthed from complacency. Right. It's it's a product of gaming out reality. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think a voice like Quantum Leap uh, is an important voice to have right now. So, so I hope the show kind of yeah. continues on that trajectory. And if they draw a stark line there, this could really say something important. Yeah, how brave do they want to be? And again, yeah. I, I feel like if it were on a, a streamer or a network that was willing to take greater chances. Here's your question. When do we get an abortion episode? Uh. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's right. You know, the times are ripe for that. So this week, Ben Song leaps into Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of brings up something I you've been talking 
about how Addison doesn't feel out of place as yeah. a as a hologram. And it was even the 70s and nobody seemed necessarily out of place, right? Yeah. Yes. She doesn't seem futuristic. Right. At least. Yeah. And and she doesn't necessarily need to seem futuristic because Project Quantum Leap is in the here and now for us, right? It's 2022. Right. right. So if you really want to take a lofty science fiction position that has something to say about who we can be as a better people, you've included a character like Ian with a non-binary actor. What if, and I've got, I had this note, it's just, just a, a thought to, to ponder. What if Ian had been the hologram? You have a character like Ian who's definitely going to be out of place. Gosh. He's going to be out of place in any time any period. Era. Any era, yes. But I, I can see people taking offense to that because we made Al a caricature that is out of place, right? Whereas right. Ian is a person that we should just accept and respect in our time period. They are going to seem out of place in 1985, but, well, this is just completely normal by 2022, right? This is the right. kind of thing that Star Trek was supposed to do, is like all of these bigotries there, yeah. and all of these problems are things that we are past. And here in 2022, we are accepting of these these differences from the mainstream and not one that I have any position to speak to. So I tread very lightly on this topic. However, that being said, you really have an opportunity to to put somebody somebody that seems different than the time period, but only out of place because we haven't learned better yet. I see now it's like kind of like this is a reversal of the first episode we did together. Cause now I'm kind of like, I kind of like that show, Nate. I, I kind of wish I was getting the show where Ian was the hologram. Yeah. And, and, and that's not just because I, as I've said in previous episodes, really love Mason Alexander Park, but that's a very thoughtful uh, perspective. I like that. Again, I don't have a lot of latitude to speak to on this, but, you know, it, it shows a juxtaposition of where we are now versus where we have been or where we should be now and where <laughs> for, we have been. Yeah. And for some viewers, it still is the future. It's still not a reality. Yes, it is. Yeah, right? exactly. See, these are the types of things that I'm going to I'm going to trip over myself. I don't mean to in, insult anyone or or what have you. And think of how 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 proactive the original series was with regards to social issues and things like it's almost impossible yes. to put yourself in that headspace now and think of some of the things even like the first time Sam leaps into a woman. That episode's largely about sexual harassment mm -hmm. there was in the 90s. So many things that were hot button issues that remain hot button issues today. And yeah, I, I do wonder how daring this new series will be in terms of contending with them because hot button issues have been like a make it or break it thing now it's not even that like people like or don't like talking about it they hang their whole identity on these things now so yeah, yeah maybe maybe it's a case of the shows like well we'll include ian but we can't go too far with this yet we've got a non-binary character here but if we make this non-binary character the focal point or we really start like hyper illustrating the fact that there is a clear juxtaposition between this character and say whatever era Ben finds himself in, uh, the show just becomes exclusively about that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing, uh, because I think you know socially that could be quite productive. Yeah, spoken to correctly, then you just treat these types of issues as complete non-issues 
for us. And, and then you let the audience or the situation around the characters speak to where we should be versus where we are. It's something that Star Trek did masterfully yes. in at least the first three or four iterations of that show. Virtually, virtually <laughs> everything up through the mid-90s. Yeah, I'm a gatekeeper did, on that show too, on. folks. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, that, we, could, that, we could go on about that, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> that's, that's another podcast. Yeah, exactly. Tune, tune in to our other show. Uh, but <laughs> it's a matter of just illustrating what's right as though it's right and not having to defend it. It's just presented to you. Just like Al's flashing neon lapel buttons. Right, you right. Know, it's like, oh, well, this is normal. We we accept this. Yeah. Unfortunately, I bring all of this up on the same week that I really begin to enjoy Addison being the hologram. <laughs> I, think, I think Addison had a really, really good week. Yeah, she did. I don't mean to downplay that. I love the training montage that you mentioned earlier. I love the fact that she's working herself to the bone to try and... I loved her line, it's my job to make sure you don't make a mistake. Yeah. Like, I was like, whoa. Like, I never heard Al say that explicitly, but that's kind of it in a nutshell, isn't it? Right. right? Like, that was really good. I, I loved that moment. It is. It's a good moment. She had a very interesting episode. Again, that's a 2022 storyline. It may not be part of the mystery that you were talking about, but I feel like it moved her forward. It moved those characters forward. The only one that really feels, yeah, like, why are you here is, uh, the, is Jen. Jen. Jen remains to be like, Jen. What is she, like, you need to give all of her crap to Ernie Hudson and, to, to and Magic. Magic. I mean, she there's no. She's there because somebody broke into the project and we couldn't make it Magic's fault. That's why she exists. <laughs> That's the only reason. She's immaterial. And magic can serve that same purpose and should, honestly. Like, I I have not seen a reason for her to be there yet. We could have some some Quantum Leap red shirts, you know, <laughs> just just toss a red shirt at it. I don't know. But it's only three episodes in. We're talking about yeah. this like it's a, you know, you know, they're 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 getting their feet wet. All in all, a fairly good episode. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not sure if this is a good show, <laughs> but it's <laughs> it definitely gives us things to talk about. Right. Like, I mean, every week, I think the list of things we've got to talk about gets longer somehow. And uh, you'd think that wouldn't be the case once we got past that first episode and just gushing about our love of the original series. Kudos to them. I, I think they're doing a relatively good job so far. Outside of that, I think the big draw this week was, well, for you, the big draw was the leap. For me, the big draw was... Wow, maybe Janice is an evil, nefarious individual that will start the evil Leaper program. Maybe so, maybe maybe so. Man, seeing that hand link, that took me back. It's pretty pretty rad. It gave me some interest in what she's doing, where before, as of just last week, I was like, I do not care about this person. It's so obvious that she's not really evil. And like I said, drugged her mom, stole from her dead father. Uh, <laughs> hard to come back from. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's hard, hard to walk back from. And like, what is she up to? It's hard to come back from killing Han Solo, buddy. You know what I mean? Here's <laughs> <laughs> his the thought I had. Okay. If we're going to end up with Sam. And we're going to end up with two holograms. What if we end up with like this joint Butch and Sundance leaping thing where it's like two people and two holograms 
just leaping the shit around through time together. If she's building an imaging chamber. Does she plan to try to influence Ben? See, that's where I think this is going. I think she's going to, tr she's going to show up in Ben's leaps and try to lead him down a different path. So she's been linked to his neural network. Yeah, I would think, I would think so. Because the two of them clearly know each other. Right. To some capacity. They were working on something. I don't know how quantumly entangled they've become, but we'll, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that'll be interesting. See if she's, you know, suddenly he's got two holograms to work with. In my watch through of the old series this past week, Starcrossed, uh, there were people in the waiting room with Al that could not see or hear Sam and he couldn't see them. Oh, I remember that. But he would, but they were like overseeing one side of the conversation. Right, because they were not attuned to his right, brainwave, yeah. so he couldn't see them, and they were just there And they couldn't see him out. either, so they were just kind of assume they had to like hear one side of the conversation, and they were monitoring what kind of information Al was giving Sam, and uh, he, he showed up wearing a sash with hieroglyphics on it. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, you're right. You know? Oh, my God, I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. It was pretty Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And, yeah, that's um, probably why they got rid of that whole, like, government funding plot line by the beginning of season two. They're like, okay, we're good. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe so. But they, they had a couple of invisible characters drag him out of the waiting room. Ah, I remember that, too. Yeah, it was, it was pretty stuff. good. So, like, other people Fun can stuff. walk into the imaging chamber and... Since they're not attuned to the to the leaper, you won't see them. It's just it's just empty space. Something that occurred to me is that I miss the sound of the imaging chamber door opening. That would mm -hmm. always alert you to the fact that Al was there, right? Addison just sort of is there suddenly. Yeah, they even and mentioned like, that. Like, like, you know, like where did be... you come from? Yeah, they even mentioned she needs to be wearing a bell or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Ben mentions that this week. You need to be wearing a bell. But that sound of the door opening was always your cue that Al was there. And it would often happen off camera. Like you would just hear the sound mm -hmm. in the middle of a scene. And like, oh, Al just came into the, the, yeah, the door imaging opened. chamber. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. That was always a really nice audio cue that you should adjust your expectations for what the scene is going to play out like. And, right. and I mean, that, that definitely came into its own in the original series. It didn't start that way. They, it's something they introduced and it became, it became sort of the language of the show. Right? Like, good. Like yeah, just good way to put it of the language. Yeah. Of, very good way to put show. it. Yeah. I, I missed, I missed that. I think Ziggy was such a big part of the show. And here in this show, she's really relegated to a name. Ziggy was a character without being a character. The, bi the big thing about Ziggy was that she had an ego. He built a computer yes. that had an ego. And this computer is just... Just crunching numbers. Yeah, it's a it's row of servers, numbers. you know, like... It's just Nate Silver on 538, you know? It's just, like, <laughs> crunching statistics. That's all it's doing all the time. No personality whatsoever. Yeah, and it could be so interesting to have them deal with a personality. That's what was so great was that Ziggy had a personality. Whether yeah. you were actually interacting with Ziggy or not, you know, Al made it clear that... <laughs> You're right. Right. She, Ziggy was a computer that could get jealous. Yeah, get jealous. <laughs> it would have her feelings hurt. It would get, you know, sore about 
her percentages being wrong. You're like, okay, yep. well, maybe you were wrong this time, Ziggy. It's not the end of the world. Let's get back up off the mat here. And yeah. uh, she was a character. She's not a character. She's just a, it's just a name, which hasn't been so much of a problem until this week when they were really talking about, well, Ziggy's been infiltrated. Right? Right. I feel like the original series, Ziggy, if she had been infiltrated, would have said, hey, there's somebody trying to access me. It would have been kind of like the takeover scene in Avengers Age of Ultron, when Ultron is taking over Jarvis. And they're kind of having a conversation with each other, you know, like that sort of that's what it would have been like. Because because Ziggy and Jarvis were two very similar kind of computer devices, I think. Yeah, I feel like when Janice Calavici tried to uh, log in to Ziggy, old Ziggy would have been like, I'm sorry, Dr. Calavici. Would have opened the damn airlock on her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe she just she ends up liking uh, Janice better now that she's got that. I would that really give damn, like would give Ian another person to interact with, too. I would love to see Ian and Ziggy's cut character. out Jen. Cut this Jen character out and pepper in some Ziggy and uh, give give Magic some more to do. There you go. Okay, and then they'll they'll I'll I'll be on a completely different page by next week, probably, as they will have heard what I said. And if if this episode is any indication, yeah, we're winding down here. I think correct. Yeah, I think that about covers it. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Remember, when leaping through cyberspace. You can find us on Twitter and social media. I'm at Captain Byrne, C-A-P-T-N-B-E-R-N. I'm at Action Nate, A-C-T-I-O-N-N-A-T-E. And uh, make sure you check out the Paprika feed, folks, for movie reviews, pop culture drafts, and countless hours of entertainment. Until next leap, uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here in the waiting room. <laughs>